Hey, before we jump right in, usually uh, I give announcements at the very beginning because there's like seven people here saying, hey, that's great, Pastor Jeff. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, we don't pass the offering plate around here at Grace Chapel, but we certainly do need your tithes and offerings. And so I just want to encourage you. Um, first, let me say that the budget, we're, we're over budget for the year when it comes to paper on budget kind of thing. Um, our budget is like 14.2. We're averaging like 15.5 or so. And so, but I want to encourage you because the, uh, the electric and gas bill last month was as much as the mortgage. Um, that's what happens during them is cold streaks. So as much as we try to cut back when it comes to the pastors cutting back, you can't cut back on Duke or they'll cut back on you and that becomes a problem. So uh, if you would dig deep, my brothers and sisters, we know I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we, we just, we just want to encourage you to, uh, to give. If you've been coming and you haven't given yet, we want to encourage you to give, uh, especially during these cold months, uh, because it is difficult. We want to keep up. We want to keep ahead of budget. So I want to encourage you to continue to give even during these challenging times. We are in a series called Resting in the Promises of God. And this morning, we're going to talk about a journey to a promise. And there's two parts to this. There's this morning and then next week as we close out the series. And in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, Peter says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Now, Peter is right. He was right. I mean, throughout this series, we have seen God uh, over and over and over and over again, fulfill the promises that he has made. God continues to fulfill the promise. When God makes a promise, God keeps a promise. And we've seen it over and over again. And that's true in our own lives. That is true in your life and it's true in my life. But before we move on from, from here, I want to make sure that we're all understanding that we're all on the same page. It's so important that we don't treat God's promises like fortune cookies. God's promises are not supernatural games that we can manipulate. They're not, it's not this some supernatural game that we can kind of move things around. And, well, I think it means this for me and that for me. We need to understand, if you truly want to understand the promises of God, then you need to understand God. And you have to have an eternal perspective. We need to see it from God's perspective. He doesn't promise to fix all of our problems, but he promises to give us the strength to overcome those problems and those difficulties. He doesn't promise that we're, he, we're always going to be happy, but he promises to give us joy and contentment and peace in the midst of our challenges and our difficulties. This morning, I want to focus on Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, where God promises Joshua and the people of Israel, the, the promised land. He promises them the land of Canaan. Now, it is very difficult. It is really difficult uh, sometimes to kind of get a grip on this. God promises Joshua and the people of Israel the land of Canaan, but claiming God's promises are not always so easy. There's difficulty. We need to understand God. We need to understand the promise overall. And over the next two weeks, I want us to focus. I want us to focus on Joshua. And I want us to follow Joshua and the people of Israel as they go through this challenging time. I want to follow them as they, as they try to overcome 
the things that are put before them as they're on this journey. I want to follow Joshua and the people of God on a journey to a promise, on a journey to a promise. We are all on a journey to a promise. And through reading of God's word and through this experience, we will all be led into the presence of God. The first thing we need to realize is that on any journey, on any journey, you are going to face obstacles and challenges. That's just the way it is. If God puts you on this journey, you can be sure that you're going to face obstacles. You're going to face difficulties. You're going to face challenges. That is the way God works in our lives. That is the way he strengthens us and builds us up. And as the enemy comes in and puts those roadblocks many times in our way, it is God that helps us overcome them and that builds our faith in him. The people of God in the Old Testament had to go through some of the most challenging times of anyone in history. Now, you need to remember that they, they, faced, they faced 400 years of captivity in Egypt. So they went through this 400 years of captivity. They faced challenges there. And even after the crossing of the Red Sea, even after that crossing, their deliverance and their deliverance from the Egyptians, they spent an additional 40 years wandering around in the wilderness. So they have been through challenges. They have been through difficult times. They, we, we've read about that in Genesis. We've seen that before. Now, can you imagine you go through your 40 years wandering around the wilderness? Can you imagine living, living 40 years, living 40 years in limbo? taking 40 years of your life and living in limbo, knowing, think about this, knowing that the dream and the promise is right on the other side of the river. It's right on the other side. Everything that you've ever dreamed of, everything that you've ever wanted is so close that you can taste it. Literally see over there, you can taste it. But when you were given your opportunity you are too fearful to take it. When it was your chance to grab the promise, to grab the dream, you were too fearful to take it. One of the, I think one of the worst things in life is when you realize that your own choices have limited your future. And it's a real challenge to those who are, you know, junior high, high school. It's a real challenge to you. But there are things, you know, God can overcome all. He can forgive and he can overcome all things. But there are choices that we make in life that limit our future, that change our future. And we need to make sure that we're making the right choices so we're not limiting what God can do in our lives. As a, as a new generation followed Joshua into the wilderness, they came up against two immediate obstacles. There were two obstacles in, in, in them coming into the promised land they faced immediately. First was the Jordan River. The Jordan River, which was a natural boundary between the people of Israel and the land of Canaan. So you had the Jordan River. And not only was it an obstacle, it was an obstacle, but it was also at flood stage. So you had the Jordan River, this natural boundary between them and the land of Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. And then you have the Jordan, which is swollen. So they come up and that's what they first see. They see this flooded, swollen Jordan. Second, the Canaanites and several other tribes were living in parts of their land as we as they spoke kind of thing. And you know that the Canaanites and those other tribes were not going to give up this land without a fight. 
I mean, it's the land flowing with milk and honey. They had been there. They were not going to give up without a fight. So the Israelites come up against two of these major obstacles, a flooded Jordan River and a land of people who are not going to give up without a fight. Remember, remember what the spies said in Numbers 13, 33, when Moses sent them out to spy the land? They said, we, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. This is what they were facing. They were, the, the people of Israel were so terrified before they wouldn't go in. They lost it. They didn't get a chance to fulfill the promise. They didn't get a chance to fulfill their destiny because the fear of these giants in the land made them feel like grasshoppers. And they said, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. These obstacles, however, if it's in their lives or in our lives, these obstacles are insignificant when compared to the promise of God. When God promises something, God is going to follow through with it. When God promises something in his word, he is going to follow through. So whatever obstacles the enemy throws up, whatever challenges, whatever problems that you may face, they are insignificant compared to the power of God in your life to overcome them. The Lord said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 in verse 3, he said, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Everywhere where you set your foot, that's my promise. Everywhere where you put your foot on, but you have to get over there first to put your feet down. Everywhere where you place your foot, that I will give you as your land, as I promised Moses. He also promised Joshua in verse 5 and verse 8 that no one in that land of Canaan, no tribe would be able to stand up against him if he would meditate on God's word day and night. And he would, he would, he would promise to fulfill all, all that God had asked him to do. He would be obedient to everything that God had asked him to do. And he said, if you do those things, then every place where your foot stands will be your land and no one will be able to stand up against you. So with the promise of God before him, and the power of God within him, Joshua moves forward in obedience. He says, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. And he moves forward in obedience. So my question to you this morning is what obstacle, what obstacle, what obstacles or challenges are in your way to following God's path, his plan for your life? Think about that. Think about that. Apply this verse to your, apply these verses to your life, this story to your life. What is it in your life right now? Think about this. What obstacle is in the way, is standing in the way of God's promise and God's plan and God's path for your life? We need to own them. We need to think those things through because God, God promises. God says, I can do immeasurably more than you can ever ask or imagine. And Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full, have abundant life. And Jesus said, if we have faith, we can move mountains. He said, if we have faith, if we have faith, we can walk on water. And he said, there is nothing impossible for me to do. Nothing is impossible for me to do. That's what Jesus said. So what stops you from living the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised you in his word. He made a promise and he wants to fulfill that promise and he will. What is stopping you from allowing Jesus Christ to fulfill that promise in your life? What giants make you feel like grasshoppers? What is it? Put, put a name to it. 
What giant today, this morning, this in your life right now, makes you feel like a grasshopper? What is stopping you? What is holding your back? What fear, what fear, put a name to it, has so gripped your life that you cannot move forward? What is that thing? What, what, what is your Jordan River? What is that thing that so gripped your life? What fear has so gripped your life that you cannot move forward? Is, is it the fear of the unknown? Is that what it is? You know, you, you, you look across the river and you have no idea what's on the other side. Whatever that fear, it's the fear of the unknown. And so you look across and you say, I, I really don't know what, what is on the other side. I hear stories, I, I read things about it, but I don't know the abundance that's on the other side. Maybe it's death. Or maybe it's the death of the life that you're living right now that you don't want to give up. And you think, you know, I've heard, I've heard so much and God has moved so much in other people's lives and God has forgiven me and God has blessed me and God has shown me grace. But, you know, I, I'm not sure I want to give up the, the life quote that I have right now. What is it? What is it for you? When you look across, is it the fear of the unknown? Is that the fear that holds you back? And, 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 and so you have this fear of the unknown of what awaits you across the river. So you continue, my friends, think about this. You continue to wander in the wilderness. You continue to live your, you know what? There, you focus on Jesus Christ. If you focus on Christ, it's a straight path to what God has called you to do. But instead, you're like a drunk person walking around in life and you're just kind of staggering and weaving wandering in the wilderness. FYI, that is not a life. That is not a life. Wandering around in the wilderness is not a life. That's called a wasted life. That's called limbo. That's called not living out what God has called you and purposed you to do. I heard someone once say, if you don't have something in your life worth dying for, then your life is not worth living. If there's not something in your life that you can think of that is worth dying for, that is worth laying down your life for, then your life is not worth living. And I'll tell you, I, I have to agree with that. There's got to be something more important than us and just this existence and just kind of moving through life. We need to be holding on to something greater than ourselves. So what fear is it for you? Is, are you afraid of being alone? Is that what your fear is? You're afraid of being alone. You're afraid to step out and cross because you're afraid to be alone. So that's your fear. But God promises that I will never leave you or forsake you. Is your fear that you won't have the strength once you start, once you start moving forward? Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God can do those things in your life. Is your fear that you don't trust or you can't trust? In Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, it says this, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. God is not man. God is not a son of man that he should lie or change his mind. God is someone you can trust. You can put your hope and your trust in him. Are you afraid to make a decision? In Psalm 32, in verse eight, it says this, I will instruct you, here's the promise, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Are you afraid of what other people think? That's what's holding you back. You're afraid of what other people think. In Luke chapter 21, in verses 17 and 18, it says this, all men will hate, will hate you because of me, but not a hair on your head will perish. 
I promise not a hair on your head will perish. Are you afraid? Are you afraid that you've done something in your past that God won't forgive? I can't move forward. I can't live a Christian life because I've done something in my past that God cannot forgive. The promise, Romans 8.1, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. It doesn't matter what you tell yourself in your mind. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you afraid to try something new you're afraid that's what's keeping you're afraid to try something new deuteronomy 31 and verse 8 the lord himself goes before you and will be with you are you afraid of those who would stand up against you deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 4 says this for the lord your god is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to give you the victory are you afraid that once you make the decision to move forward you won't have the resources to do it philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 says it says it says that god that my god will provide for all of your needs according to his glorious riches in christ jesus god will provide for all of your needs are you afraid to lead god's asking you to lead and you're afraid you you don't want to be the first one in you're just kind of afraid to lead you're afraid to lead people and god promises you something in joshua chapter 1 in verse 7 he says be strong and very courageous be strong. You be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful whatever you, wherever you go. You will be successful wherever you go. If God calls you to lead, lead. If God calls you to go, go. If God calls you to step out, step out. And it doesn't matter what your mind tells you. It doesn't matter what the world tells you. It doesn't matter what the enemy tells you. I just told you what the word of God said. And the word of God says, whatever, whatever fear, whatever fear the world places in your head, God has a promise to place in your heart. Whatever fear the world has put in your head, God gives you a promise that you can put in your heart. And that which is in your heart, my friends, is what drives you. That is the truth. What they put in your ears doesn't matter. What belongs in your heart, what stays in your heart is what really matters. And that, are the, that, that is the promise of God. Those promises God has placed in our hearts. And we can be sure of those things. So today, this day, Put aside all those fears. Put aside all the things that keep you from becoming the person that God has created you to be. Put aside all those things and start living the life that God has for you. Start, start, start truly living, not just existing, starting living the life that God has for you. I would argue, and this is my, my opinion, but it is my life. I would argue that death in pursuit of a dream is better than living a life of mere existence. And anybody who's known me for more than a week knows that's true in my life. I would rather die in pursuit of a dream than merely existing in my life, wandering around in the desert in limbo because I was afraid to step out and claim what was mine when God gave me the opportunity. Death in pursuit of a dream is better than living your, a life of mere existence. You know what else I've noticed? I've noticed something else. God's promises are always made in accordance with his plan for you. His promises are always made in accordance with his plan for you. And, and, and it's only when we take hold of those promises that we begin to see 
the, the plan and the purpose and the power of God lived out in our lives. God works out all those things for us. It's when we take that first step of belief that we see the power of God unleashed in our lives. It's when we take that first step. It may be a scary one. You may not understand exactly where you're going to end up, but it's when we take that first step of belief that we begin to see the power of God unleashed in our lives. Think about it. It's a process. It is a process as we believe the promises of God and we begin to act upon the plan of God. We then experience the power of God. I don't know how many times in the last month or in my life I've heard people say, you know, I tried this Christianity thing. It just doesn't work. I try, I, I tried it. You don't try Christianity. I tried it and it just doesn't work. I, I, I was waiting for God to do this or that. And it just, he didn't do it fast enough. Like God's supposed to be up there. Oh, oh, I better move fast because Joe wants me to get on this right away. Or Pete wants me to, oh, Courtney's going to really get worked up. God doesn't, God's not, God's not on your timing. You read of the great people of faith in the word of God. You read of those, we talked about Eric Little last week. You read about the men and women of faith in the word of God and those you've read about in books. I'm going to tell you something. In, in a couple of chapters of those books, there's chapters on God. Where the heck are you? Right in the middle somewhere, the beginning, middle. There's, there's a couple chapters on, I called out, God, where were you? And I needed you here. And I, I, my faith was waning and I was struggling. And I was, I, I don't know what, this is all worth. And then and they struggle and they struggle and they struggle. But you know what? Keep reading on. Because they didn't go on their feelings. They continued to trust God and believe God's promises. And at the end, we saw the power of God fulfilled in their lives. If you're going to be in this for a game, if you want to tiptoe in Christianity, try it out. Then don't come crying back when it doesn't work for you. This is not, a, this is not like a, this is not a fortune cookie. It's not opening up the paper and seeing your horoscope and God's promise. It's not the same thing. God promises, and if God promises, he'll fulfill those promises, and you're going to have to go through the beginning, the middle, and the end with God to see those promises fulfilled. But God will fulfill them. God will do it. God will move. He will, you will experience his power as you live out his plan and you trust in his promises. Now, to reinforce his promise to, to Joshua, God tells Joshua to take the people of Israel. He says, okay, take all these folks here. I want you to lead them right up to the edge of the Jordan River. Now, I got to paint you a picture here. These people come up to the edge of the Jordan and it's at flood stage. Okay, which means it's lapping over its banks. Have you ever, anyone ever seen a river overflowing its banks at flood stage? It's totally different. Any low-lying area is now filled up with water. It's filled up. Anything that's not tied down is being dragged down the river and slamming into things that were once on dry land and building up on those things. And you know if you ever fell in there, you'd be swept away and probably crushed by all the debris. That's what they were up against. That's what they saw. That's what their experience was. And here, here, here they are at a turning point. Understand, they're standing there and they're at a turning point. They seem to be facing, they, they, they're, they're facing a seemingly impossible obstacle. And they have to make a choice. It's time to choose. Do I step out in faith? Do I step out? Do I step out in faith or remain in fear? That's, their, that's, that's what they have to choose. Do I, do, I, do I back up here and stay in my, my comfort zone or do I step out? 
on a journey to a promise, my friends, regardless of who you are here, on your journey to a promise, there will always be a time where you have to face a choice, regardless of who you are, how old you are, and every journey to a promise, there will come a time where you have to face a choice. You have to make a choice. Do I stay in my comfort zone or do I step out into the unknown? Do I follow God into a new life or do I die in the desert of mediocrity? That is your choice. If you don't follow him, you wander. You wander in limbo. You stack, I don't know how, maybe 30, 40, 50 years old, most people, a lot of people in the room are that old, you know. You want to spend the next 40 years staggering around in, in the wilderness, not living out God's plan for your life. It's a choice. Do I step back in fear? Do I stay in my comfort zone? Or do I step out and follow God for, and, and trust him with my life? Do I, do, I, do I focus on my past do I focus on my past or, or my future? Do I focus on my future with God or do I fixate on my past? You've got to ask yourself that. What are you doing right now? Are you, are you focusing on your future or are you fixated on your past? There are so many people, there are so many people who are reliving past problems and in so doing, they're forfeiting future promises. You are living out the past and forfeiting your future. God says, that's not what I created you for. That's not what I created you for. I didn't create you to live in your past. I created you to live in the future, to use the past, to drive you forward, to cross the river. That's why you went through what you've been through in your life. I can do all things in you. All things work together for the good of those who love God and have been called according to his purpose. Some things, not some things, all things, that's a promise. So do not wallow in the past. Focus on the future and allow God to move in your life in order to focus their attention on God's promises. The Lord told Joshua to tell the priest to go and carry the Ark of the Covenant out before the people. He says, take it out and go out before the people into the flooded river. Now, keep in mind, the Ark of the Covenant was, was, was a symbol of God's power and God's presence for his people. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 10, it tells us what happened next. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go into and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Our personal journey with God, our personal journey with God is built upon those who had the courage to go out before us. Those who had the courage, the courage to build an ark. Those who had the courage to walk through a sea. Those who had the courage to step out into a flooded Jordan River. We learn from those who have gone before us. We watch and learn as you remember in the, in the Old Testament in Genesis, we watch and learn through their failure and their pain. And there was a lot of failure and a lot of pain in the book of Genesis. But we also watch and learn through their amazing faith 
and trust in God. As we walk forward, we take the past with us. We learn from the past. We see those who have gone before us. And that gives us, that gives us confidence in what God can do in our lives. So when you walk up to your Jordan, whatever that is for you, you have confidence knowing what others have done in the past and when they had what they had to face and the obstacles that they had to deal with. And you're able to make that decision to step out anyway. One generation died in the wilderness. Now the next generation is there believing God and believing God's promises and being obedient to him as they follow the priests in the ark out into the water. Their faith was growing. Their faith was growing. Each step they took, they could, their faith was growing because they could see the promises of God being fulfilled in their lives. They could see it. Each step they took, they could see the promises of God fulfilled. And so their strength and their faith, and all of it was growing. All of it was growing. My friends, if you never step out in faith, if you never follow God into the unknown, you will never experience the power of God in your life. It won't happen. It won't happen. If you never take that step of belief and you never allow God to work in that way, you'll never experience the power of God in your life. When we believe his word and we hold on to his promises, our faith in his power is strengthened. And when we see the promises of God fulfilled, when we, when we see the power of God unleashed, our lives overflow with confidence. And that's what we need. We need to believe. We need to have faith that what God promises is true. We need to believe it because what we've seen in the past and what we've seen in our own lives. And then we can begin to live the confident, bold life that God has created us to live. Listen to me, listen to me. Once you taste, once you taste immeasurably more, you will never, never want to go back to the mediocre life that you once lived. Once you, once you taste the immeasurably more of God, what, you know, people, again, they'll go back, well, I, I tried this and I tried that. You know, they never experience the immeasurably more because once you taste the immeasurably more, you will never, you will never go back to the life you once lived. Once you've had a taste of chocolate, you don't want to eat the dirt anymore or you don't want to eat the poop anymore, Okay. Once you've tasted that, you don't want to experience what you had before. You don't want to experience that. You, it's, it's just amazing to me. You're, you're not feasting at the banquet table of God. You're picking through the garbage right now. You're picking through the garbage. You, you aren't experiencing all that God has for your life. It's like, it's like listen to me. You are a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You are an heir of the promise. You're, you're a son and daughter of God. And instead, you're down on your knees picking through the garbage. Come on, man. God has given you so much more. He offers you so much more. And we're picking through the garbage. God has so much more for us. God has so much more to give us. God has so much more to offer us. And what are we doing? We're on our knees picking through trash. Once you've tasted, let me tell you something. Once you've tasted the immeasurably more, you will never, you will never, you will never go back to what you lived before. You will never go back to the mediocre life that you once had. You won't do it because you know what it's like once you've experienced it. So don't tell me you've tried Christianity. 
Because until you've met the immeasurably more, until you've met the God of the Bible, until you've met a God who can fulfill all your promises, until you've met the, 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 the ruler of the universe, the one who created you, the one who made you, the one who sustains you, the one who gives you strength, the one who showed you mercy, the one who showed you grace, the one who constantly forgives, until you've met that God, you have not tried Christianity. Because once you've tried it, once you've experienced him, you will never go back to eating that dirt, that dung again, as long as you live. That is a promise from God. And I'll tell you something else. It's an experience of my own life. And I can say as a testimony right now that once you have, once you have, no matter what else you struggle with in your life, you will always remember what, what that means to experience God in that way. And you will never go back to the life you once lived because it is so much more amazing in the presence of our God. Where is your focus right now? Is it on the power and the promises of God or on the limitations of man? Where is it? Ask yourself. Is it on the power and promises of God or the limitations of man? Are you listening to the world around you telling you what you can and cannot do, what you can and cannot have? Are you caught up in some fantasy life that you're living? It's amazing. We live in a culture now. It's completely filled with fantasy. And I'm not talking about put the other stuff out of your mind. I'm talking about even the way we, we use our money right now. We don't even have a foundation for that. Where are you living your life? In the promises and power of God or in the limitations of man in some kind of thing out there? You see, that is why God told Joshua to send out the priests and the ark before the people so they could see God going out before them. My confidence in my God is built upon the fact that my God has already gone out before me. Before I ever got to Africa, God was there. Before we ever built this church, God was there. Before we ever started any ministries, God was there. Before we ever did anything in our lives that is significant, God was already there. I know my God goes before me. You can have faith. You can trust that your God is not only going before you, but he's walking beside you. He's in you. He lifts you. He carries you. He'll do whatever he needs to do to get you where he has purposed you to be. So God says to Joshua, send them out before. Send them out before. God promised that if they would step out in faith, and follow God's plan and follow God in an obedient way that, that they would experience and they would live in a, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he has the same promise for us today. If we follow him in obedience, if we have faith and belief in God, then he will give us a land flowing with milk and honey. And that means you. No matter who you are or where you are, that means you. That means you. God offers so much more than you're, than you're experiencing right now. He offers so much more. He says, I want to give you so much blessing that you're overwhelmed, but you need to follow me. You need to have belief in me. You need to have faith in me. You need to trust me. I have so much I want to give you. He promises to bless those who are faithful. He promises it. To bless those who are faithful, who stand on his promises when faced with the most challenging experiences of life. He says, I, I need you to believe me. I need you to trust me. I will, I will give you these things even when you face, face life's greatest challenges. And sometimes the greatest challenge in life, the greatest challenge in life is just choosing to follow him during the darkest points of your life. 
That's sometimes the greatest challenge. That you would choose to follow God during the darkest time of your entire life. He says, when you do that, I will give you something. I will bless you in a way that you never experienced. I will show you my plan for your life. As we closed, as we closed this morning, I asked Joe, I asked Joe Boone to come and share with you how that was true and is true in his life. Good morning. Well, I'm just amazed at Jeff, his ability to walk around this platform and stand on the edge and not fall off. That's great. But one of the other things that, that I love about this church and love about Jeff in particular, we've just been coming, myself as a family, uh, for about nine months. And uh, prior to, to moving over from Indiana a couple of years ago, we had looked at a number of different churches. And, and I tell you, it's just rare to find uh, in, a, in a pastor and the staff and the church body uh, that's led by someone who has so much passion and at the same time is grounded in the truth of God's word and helps communicate that so well and motivate and challenge us. So, Jeff, I appreciate that greatly. <clears throat> well, I want to share a little bit uh, of my personal testimony. I came to Christ about 25 years ago. But for about 10 years after coming to the Lord, I, I was, as Jeff kind of described, one of those just wandering around in the wilderness, really not seeking all that God had planned for me. Um, and it was about 10 years after I came to Christ that um, my faith was really put to the test. Um, it was 13 years ago, uh, on the day that my son Evan was born, um, that my wife... Uh, 18 hours after his birth, uh, was diagnosed with a brain tumor. She had grand mal seizures in the hospital after his birth. Three months after that, my father, who I was in business with at the time, um, was diagnosed with acute leukemia. Well, God was hitting me over the head with a two-by-four with these challenges. My family's Jordan River looked like the Atlantic Ocean. Um, a big river to cross. Lots of questions as to why these things were happening. The Lord had my attention, but how would I respond? Well, we had some wonderful Christian neighbors that came alongside of us. Um, and I'm sure in your neighborhoods, there are people you can think of that you could come alongside of too. They came alongside our family, encouraged us, supported us, not only that, they brought us into their home and really helped us grow in our knowledge of God's truth and studying his word. And it was then that I really began to learn about God's promises and how they applied to me and to my family. In fact, one of the, one of the first verses that I really took to heart was from Matthew chapter 6. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things, all his promises, will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That scripture is written on the floor out there. 
And I stood on that promise for a number of years going through those difficulties. Well, my wife had surgery a few months later to successfully remove the brain tumor. And my father miraculously survived six months of intense chemotherapy. Um, But in the early months following those challenging times, God still continued to draw us closer. And there were things that he was putting in front of me that were like, Joe, listen, Joe, listen, open your eyes. These friends of ours had invited us to a homeschool convention. It was there that I'd first heard a guy by the name of Ken Ham speak. And Ken is the founder of uh, Christian Ministry Answers in Genesis um, that uh, opened the Creation Museum here a couple years ago. And what it did for me was, it was the, the Bible came to life. It, it connected the real world to God's word, and it made sense to me. And I just grew deeper in my faith as I, I grew into his word. And another event similar at that time, and I'm sure a number of you men have, have maybe participated, is in Promise Keepers. You know, God gives us his promises that we can trust in. And we, as individuals, need to keep our promises as well. And that was another way that God was working in my life at the time. Well, in the following years, I continued to grow deeper in our knowledges of his word, of his promises, and just gave, gave us incredible opportunities to witness to others. Um, and in fact, as I told this story um, in the, at the first service, and then in between, uh, my daughter, Allie, over here, uh, handed me a little note and says, Dad, you know, Daddy, do you remember? And the opportunities that, that God has given us because of the circumstances we went through um, were just amazing. But she was reminding me of a time that um, my wife and the two children went to the Indianapolis Children's Museum. Um, they just opened a new exhibit on dinosaurs and evolution. And, you know, throughout that exhibit, it's talking about evolution and millions of years, how we all evolved over, you know, millions of years over random chance processes. There's no God involved in the equation. Well, because what God had done in our lives and drew us closer to him and his word, my wife boldly stood up at the time in the middle of this museum and said, you know, that's not true. That is not true. God's word is true. This is what happened in the beginning. He created us in his image. And right there with my kids standing alongside her, she's telling other guests, well, I didn't learn of this story until years later uh, when my daughter told, told me about it because they ended up getting kicked out of the museum because of her witness. And my wife didn't want me to know that she got kicked out of the museum. Um, but it's just, it just shows you when you stand up for God's word in front of your children, in front of your friends, and you stand bold on the truth, your witness will be remembered for years to come. Well, fast forward uh, several years later. In 2003... Um, my wife's brain tumor uh, returned. It was highly malignant. And she passed away in late 2004. And again, another incredibly challenging time uh, for me and 
for my kids. That we had rested in God's promises. My wife Brenda at the time rested in God's promise of John 3.16. She knew where her eternal destiny was. Sure, there were questions that I had that our kids had. Why would a loving God allow this to happen? To someone who proclaimed him and his word is true. That's a whole nother talk for another time. But I was assured of God's promise that he would never leave or forsake me or my children. And less than two years later following that, I had an opportunity to step out again and be a part of the Answers in Genesis ministry. And at the time, I was still running a business, but had seen uh, the opportunities and challenges I was going to face to bring another partner into the business at that time. And so it put me in a position to be able to step out. I could have continued doing what I was doing, walking around in the wilderness, so to speak, or I could step out and obey God's call to serve him, to witness faithfully to others, to draw people to Christ like I'd never have an opportunity to do again for many, many years. Sure, there were fears. We'd be moving to a new state with no family support, a new city, a new school for my kids. But we trusted that the Lord would meet all of our needs. And even shortly after we moved, the Lord led me to a wonderful Christian woman, my wife, new wife, Jill, who we were married last April. It's been an incredible blessing at how he has worked in our lives through her. So when your Jordan River looks like the Atlantic Ocean, remember that you can trust in God's word. You can trust his promises. And he will carry you through. He has great things for you. I know when I finish and I stand before Christ, the words that I long to hear from him, are well done, my good and faithful servant. Everyone has the opportunity to hear that. Step out when you're presented with the chance. Thank you. Thank you.